The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The February 14th edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of February 14th, 2024. County awards $190,000 to support affordable housing project on Orcas. Viking b-ball teams finish out season. The Art of Love. Alchemy Art Center's co-founders share their love story for Valentine's Day. Governor proclaims Invasive Species Awareness Week. Plus, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. First, from the Islands Sounder, county awards $190,000 to support affordable housing project on Orcas. San Juan County announced that $190,000 has been awarded to provide affordable housing utility infrastructure to the Kidder Way project on Orcas Island. The county will be able to support the development of 10 new homeownership opportunities through this Connecting Housing to Infrastructure program grant. Utility development costs have been identified in the county and Washington state as a barrier for affordable housing endeavors. This most recent award is the third successful CHIP CHIP grant application the county has been awarded. It has now been given CHIP money for a project on all three major ferry-served islands. The Kidder Way project is managed by Opal Community Land Trust, it will produce 10 new affordable housing units in East Sound. The county says it is proud to support the work of Opal through this CHIP grant, as well as a previous grant award to the project from the county's own Home Fund. The Home Fund is administered by SJC Health and Community Services, and its goal is to develop, produce, and preserve affordable housing in San Juan County. This program expands opportunities for local affordable housing projects to bring additional state, federal, and private funding, such as CHIP grants, from outside the county into the community to build more affordable housing. According to the OPAL, more than 40 families are pre-approved to purchase a house through the nonprofit. The Kidder Way property is located next to the medical center on property sold by Steve and Rita Bailey to Opal at a discounted price in 2018. The organization is working with architect Bill Singer of Environmental Works and civil engineer Mark Burer of 2020 Engineering on designs with the following features foundations, pervious pavement and rain gardens to reduce constructed systems for stormwater detention, shared EV charger in the parking lot, bedroom and bath on the ground floor for accessibility, add heat pumps and heat pump water heaters for energy efficiency. The total estimated cost to build the 10 houses is $5.6 million. Because costs to build on the island are so high and wages are so low, the homebuyer's mortgages will cover around 35% of the cost. Opal has applied for grants to cover nearly $3 million, leaving just under $1 million that it hopes will be funded by individual donors. Viking b-ball teams finish out season.
by Sienna Richardson. On February 6th, the Viking boys played Lummy Island and lost, 57 to 67. The girls played Mount Vernon Christian, losing 7 to 75. That game was a tough one for the Orcus girls, and a lot of us were sick, said sophomore starter Sophia Mahoney-Joregi. I'm proud of every one of them for keeping their cool and not giving up when we were down by that many points. And we came out stronger in the second half. I love that after every game, no matter if it's a loss or win, we make sure not to dwell too much on it or feel bad about the loss. It's a team game, and we lose and win together. The Lady Vikings played Darrington, 23-36, and Sound Christian, 27-46, on February 8th. In Darrington, our 1-3-1 defense was on point, although we definitely could have improved our press. It's been awesome being back from concussion despite the losses. We all played so hard against Sound Christian. But overall, we had a great season and have all had so much fun said sophomore starter Charlotte Winter Lampier. Meanwhile, the boys played Mount Vernon Christian that same day, 43-49, to 49, and Summit Classical Christian School on February 10th, 48-61. These last games concluded the end of the season for the Vikings. What a roller coaster of a season! There were definitely more highs than lows, Although our season was cut shorter than we like, I'm proud of our players. We have achieved more this year than expected, said Ed Lago, Varsity Boys basketball head coach. Our boys fought till the end. Unfortunately, we got hit with the flu bug. We had five players go down with the flu. Two were starters. It's always sad to coach our seniors in their last game, but also look forward to our season next year. We will be back. Thank you to all the parents and players for the dedication and support throughout the season. Go Vikings! From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, The Art of Love, Alchemy Art Center's co-founders share their story for Valentine's Day, by Isabel Ashley. As a San Juan Island resident who loved art but grew up with limited access to resources on the island, Maria Michelson had a vision. She longed to create opportunities and accessibility for islanders, particularly island youth, to explore and experiment with different art forms. Her dreams were realized as the co-founder and co-director of Alchemy Art Center, a nonprofit community art center which offers monthly memberships, classes, workshops, and seasonal artist residencies. However, her original vision had never involved meeting her future husband through the process, nor that he would be the other co-founder of the organization. Growing up on the island, despite the lack of studio spaces and resources, Michelson received artistic membership from a close friend of her mother's, Jane Kitchell, who was a papier-mâché artist, painter, sculptor, and illustrator, this relationship laid the foundation for Michelson's creative endeavors, and after attending Spring Street International School, Michelson received her B.A. degree in ceramics from the California College of Art in 2009. She spent much of her early 20s traveling internationally, including learning how to bronze cast in West Africa. 
Returning to the island in 2012, she sought a professional to help build her an art studio at her mother's house on Katy Mountain. And in turn, she was introduced to her future life and business partner, Eben Shea. Shea grew up in Arlington, Washington, before moving to Bellingham to attend Western Washington University in an art engineering program. He changed career paths after college and began working with a contractor, building houses and conducting remodels. He took a particular interest in restoring wooden boats as an artistic form of woodworking. While living in Bellingham, Shea came to know a few of Michelson's close friends, so he was somewhat familiar with Michelson before eventually visiting the island to meet her and learn more about the job of building her art studio. I remember getting off the ferry and meeting Michelson at the ferry landing, said Shay. She just came back from Africa, and I think a bunch of little girls had braided her hair with blonde hair extensions that went down to her waist, and so her appearance was just like, wow. Michelson showed Shay the little pump house on her mother's property where she wanted the studio to be built. Shay recounted his impressions of seeing the bedroom loft inside the pump house where Michelson lived growing up. To get fully immersed into her world when she was in middle school and high school was really neat, said Shay. Maria had an art show at the theater of a bunch of these wall hangings that she cast in Africa. I was just seeing her art and just being like, who is this woman? She's amazing. In contrast, Michelson was drawn to Shay's quiet, introverted nature and was taken by his unassuming genuineness. He was like a mysterious person to me. Some people are like, these are my ten awesome skills and you've known me for five minutes and now you know everything about me. Shay was more of like a slow-reveal kind of person, which was fun for intrigue, said Michelson. Shay accepted Michelson's proposal for building the art studio and later completed the space by summer 2012. The two continued to run into each other at mutual friends' gatherings and in town, with Shay giving Michelson a bigger hug each time their paths crossed. They began dating that fall and a year later he moved in with Michelson into the same place he spent months building, her studio. I was living in Bellingham on a boat I had restored, and Bellingham is this horrible anchorage, so I thought, oh, I'll sail it out to Friday Harbor, said Shay. I never spent a single night on the sailboat. I instantaneously moved in with Maria, and we didn't have a single conversation about it. It just felt so natural. For the next few years, the couple lived and worked together in the studio, making and selling art, as well as teaching each other their respective expertises in broadcasting and woodworking. Michelson and Shay fondly reminisced on this period when the two spent their days collaborating on their work, serving as inspiration for each other and growing as artists. In 2016, Michelson and Shea secured the property that now hosts Alchemy Arts Center, beginning the process of achieving Michelson's original vision of a maker's space on San Juan Island. A majority of the buildings that make up Alchemy Arts Center were already on the property when Michelson and Shea purchased the land, but they were in poor shape. Despite the daunting remodels required for the multiple buildings, 
Shea took the opportunity to apply his skills and reimagine the spaces. Everyone in the world but Eben is intimidated by new challenges. For most of us, it's like, oh, I've never done that before, and therefore maybe someone else who does should do it. Eben's the opposite, said Michelson. He wanted to make things crazier and more amazing because that would be more interesting and challenging and good practice. While Shea took on the physical component of renovations, Michelson became the organizer of resources and paperwork. The couple's differing skill sets and personalities meshed perfectly to turn Michelson's dream into a reality. Maria is really good at organizing people and getting everything and everybody into the right place. It's highly impressive, said Shea. Maria's an extrovert. I'm an introvert, and that works pretty great. We both have our different feelings about ideas, and just by who we are, we have different outlooks on a lot of things, which makes it more dynamic. Alchemy Arts Center was officially registered as a 501c3 nonprofit organization in 2018, and has since become a pillar of creativity and accessibility on the island, expanding its presence beyond studio memberships and workshops to include partnerships with other organizations and events within the San Juan Island community. But it was no easy feat to get alchemy where it is today, and the two have overcome many difficulties and learned valuable lessons as co-founders and as a couple. Challenges are going to come up in any relationship, and when you're co-building this vision that is also your business and it's also where you live, it can be a lot, said Michelson. We have a really large amount of trust in each other and in our communication process, and that has really served us well. We're still starting and figuring out this organization, said Shay. Everything we've been doing, all the paperwork and physical work, we've been doing ourselves and hiring very few people to help. It's taken longer, but in a way, I feel like we've grown as a couple because we've had to solve every single problem that's come up. The couple has taken away important lessons, not just in business, but in their relationship, having been together for ten years, including four years of marriage since tying the knot in 2019. Michelson highlighted the couple's ability to leave space for one another to be individuals within their partnership. We give each other a huge amount of space to do what we love and don't hold each other back. It's been really nice to be able to continue being myself and maintain my own independent reality and feel supported by my partner. That's something I never experienced before this relationship, said Michelson. Of course, the couple mentioned that while maintaining individual realities, it is important to set aside time to spend together and focus on each other. We love going on dates, even if it's just going to watch the sunset or running errands together, it's really important to schedule out some time where you can be alone together, said Shay. Finding a balance between independence and partnership has allowed Michelson and Shay to incorporate their love into all aspects of life and work, in turn spreading their creativity and warmth throughout the island community through alchemy. From the Islands Weekly... Governor Proclaims Invasive Species Awareness Week In partnership with Washington Invasive Species Council, 
Governor Jay Inslee has proclaimed February 26th through March 3rd as Washington Invasive Species Awareness Week in solidarity with National Invasive Species Awareness Week. Invasive species and noxious weeds are already a big problem in Washington, and species that have yet to reach our state could pose even greater challenges in the future, said Governor Jay Inslee. If we want to protect our economy and environment, we all need to do our part to prevent the further spread of invasive species. There are simple things we can do in our everyday lives to protect the natural resources we hold so dear. Whether on land or in water, some human-introduced organisms, such as fish, bugs, plants, other wildlife, and even diseases, can damage agriculture, recreation, forests, and other resources. Invasive species are a global problem that has cost the United States more than $1.2 trillion in the past 50 years. A 2017 state study estimated that some species not yet in Washington, such as invasive freshwater mussels, would cost the state more than $100 million annually in damage and loss if they were not prevented. There is a lot at stake in Washington, said Stephanie Helms, executive coordinator of the Washington Invasive Species Council. Invasive species threaten the survival of endangered species such as salmon and orca. Some pose a risk to agriculture, trade, and food supplies, and some can change natural processes, increasing wildfires and flooding and reducing water availability. The Awareness Week includes a series of webinars and events aimed at sharing information on priority invasive species, risks to the economy and environment, and ways to become part of the solution. Visit the Invasive Species Awareness Week webpage for more information. The role of the public can't be understated, Helms said. We have lots of examples where the public has discovered a new problem species, Many organizations work together to detect invasive species, but they can't be everywhere. Residents playing an active role in their communities to protect the resources we value is very important. The Washington Invasive Species Council has a mobile app, WA Invasives, and a website, invasivespecies.wa.gov, to help with reporting and response. Beyond awareness and reporting, below are simple actions people can take to protect public lands and natural areas from invasive species. Washington is a wonderful place to call home due to clean water and productive land, abundant natural resources, diverse agricultural commodities, booming domestic and international trade, and ample opportunities to recreate on the land and water, Helms said. Invasive species threaten much of what Washington embodies and values. Please take a few minutes to learn about this important topic and integrate simple preventative actions into your daily activities. By working together, we can help keep Washington healthy and beautiful. And now, some choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On January 31st, on San Juan, an unknown vehicle left West Valley Road and drove through a fence, causing significant damage. The vehicle is described as possibly an older Toyota 4Runner, dark blue or black, with a roof rack on top. 
The San Juan County Sheriff's Office received a financial abuse referral from Adult Protective Services. After a brief investigation, it was determined the victim was not living in Washington State, but in California. The case was referred back to APS. Deputies received a call from a person on Orcas who wished to document an ominous statement made by a caller from a private number. On February 3rd, deputies on Orcas responded to a trespassing complaint in the late night hours. Deputies discovered the persons who trespassed and shared with them that they were on private property. The wayward travelers apologized for their actions. What? Wayward travelers? Is that what we call people creeping around in the backyard late at night? On San Juan, a deputy took a report of a welfare check from a family member who'd heard a rumor a loved one had passed away. Further investigation revealed that in the communication chain from one person to another, it was a case of mistaken identity, and the family member is believed to be okay. Believed? Just believed? I don't know what to say. This concludes the February 14th edition of the Island Digest. Uh, this week's edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. Orcas Center is your place for fun and intrigue this winter with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit orcascenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Island Digest. We're glad you came, and we hope you come back again for more local news from San Juan County next week. I'm Caleb Summers.